got to get out of the, the uh, usual podcast headspace because this is different. So welcome to episode two of series one of flipping through franchises as we tackle the home alone movies. Uh, it's kind of cool, I guess, because we drop these all at once. So maybe you just finished one and went right into two because that's what we're trying to go for. Kim, it's Kim's here. You know that. Yeah. Hi, everybody. We don't, we don't switch it up between movies. That'd be weird. So maybe you're, you know, you're driving to see your family for Christmas and you told your significant other, we're going to listen to these two people talk about Home Alone for the entire seven hour drive. So thank you for that. And it's cool that we gave you the option to do it. So following Home Alone 1, I thought it would make sense, Kim, if we did Home Alone 2. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Home Alone 2, colon, Lost in New York. Mm-hmm. Released two years after the first one. I thought it was actually one year. I thought it was really rushed, but it, it, it was, they gave it a couple years. Um, they I, exist as one movie in my brain. I I can see why. Uh, the director, Chris Columbus, so he's back. John Hughes wrote it. It's like, you know, all of the same cast. Everyone, it, it's they're all back. And he himself says that this movie largely operates as a remake or like a quasi remake of the first movie. And it really does. <laughs> And that makes really sense. Like does. the whole beginning is just like carbon copy of the very the very first m- movie. Like there's nothing new in terms of that plot. Nope. Uh, if you put this movie on for the first, I mean, aside from seeing, I guess, Home Alone two in the titles on the title card with that cool music again, but for a little bit there, you might go, wait, did you put the first movie in again? Like watching everybody rush around the house trying to get ready for their Christmas vacations. Like really, did we just? I think in the fiction of the movie, right? It was only the previous year. It hasn't been two years since yeah, exactly. the events of the first movie. Only one year has passed. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that they're that willing to give it another go so fast. <laughs> but whatever. Rich people got a rich. So this time, this time, where are they going? Florida. They're going to Florida uh, this time. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, I think it's Florida. They got their Hawaiian yeah. shirts and whatnot. Yeah, it was Paris in the first movie. It's Florida in this one. So again, another... 60 grand which i assume in the first movie none of that got refunded and they spent more money because they were getting like last minute christmas eve flights back home so that was good and cheap i wonder if it was different though in the 90s because it seems like they can just show up at an airport and request a plane ticket for that day is that something you could still do <laughs> i don't know Probably. I mean, you know, I don't see why not. I would like to book a flight to New York in the next hour. And they'd be like, yes, absolutely. I think if there were seats available, why not? I don't know. <laughs> if any, uh, what's the, e- oh, we don't have an email address set up for this one yet. Okay. Um, guess I'm going to decide it right now. <laughs> um <laughs> If anyone listening works at an airport and has the answer to that question, email us at probably flipping through franchises at gmail.com, I guess. 
<laughs> I haven't set it up yet. I will have to before all of these go live. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah. Home Alone 2. Macaulay Culkin. Guess how much Macaulay Culkin got paid to be in this movie? He was 11 years old at the time. This set the record for the salary a kid his age has received. What do you think he got paid? $90,000. You have no concept of how money works, <laughs> do you? No, I don't. <laughs> million. No wonder he grew up with problems. No kid can use that type of money. Well, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it definitely went to his parents. Wow. Who God only knows what they did with it. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to, well, actually, I was going to say, what are you going to do? Make it without him? But they proceeded to do that four times after this movie came out, I guess. But yeah, at that point, Home Alone, the first one, like we said, third highest grossing movie of the year. There's money to be made. Ain't no one ready for non-Macaulay Culkin Home Alone, so. I wonder if he got paid more than, like, was he the actor who got the most money, do you know? Uh, Because there's a lot of big names in this. I feel like the only other one they might have had to really hook up was Joe Pesci. But Tim Curry. (laughs) Well, he wasn't returning, so he was new for the sequel, so he was probably just like, yeah, sure. Mm, Yeah. What did Joe Pesci get paid for Home Alone 2? It comes up. Um, (laughs) People ask, why did Joe Pesci do Home Alone? (laughs) Did Joe Pesci want to do Home Alone? I'm kind of asking that question. Yeah, those are the questions I'm asking now that I've seen the second one. Is like, was this something he was contractually obligated to do? Or was this a choice? I feel like... He probably, I can't find it for sure, but I feel like it must have, it must have been money, right? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Like, I can't imagine he was like, oh, I have so much more to explore with the character of Harry. (laughs) Like, we've only scratched the surface. Like, no, there's no more development with anybody in this movie, really. Like we said... It's like they took the script for Home Alone 1 and did a few search and replaces and birthed Home Alone 2. Like this time, uh, instead of Old Shovel Man, it's Pigeon Lady. Some of the dialogue is the same. Oh, yeah. They use the sequel to the Angels with Filthy Faces. It's like Angels with Even Filthier Faces, I think is what it's called. And they do... That again, like tricking people by playing the audio of the movie. He uses a prop to pretend that there are adults around. There's also a lot of the same shit. They also like to the point that they're bringing back like a small, small detail from the first one. Um, In the first one, when the family's in Paris, they're watching It's a Wonderful Life in French. And in this one, they're watching It's a Wonderful Life in Spanish. Like, it's such oh, a small see, detail. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. So well done. Yeah. I love I love It's a Wonderful Life. So when it was on, I'm like, ooh, here it is again. But it doesn't have to be there. I have only seen it one time. <gasps> it was like two years ago. I watched it for the first time on Christmas Eve. It's good. Did you hate I, it? Okay. No, I liked it. I see why people like it. Yeah. It's not the happiest movie, but I mean, it gets there eventually. Uh, yeah. And it's not a short movie. That was a pretty late. I think we had it on because we were wrapping presents. So it definitely lasted us the entire time we were wrapping presents. Well, that's what I felt about Home Alone too. Like it, what clocks in at two hours? How long was the it's, first one? It didn't feel the, that long. No, the first one's like an hour 40. This one. Oh, so yeah, almost two hours. <laughs> this one's got some bloat. And I think part of the problem is the end part with the traps. 
goes on for a really long time. Like watching the first one again, only a little bit of the final act is the traps. But in this one, they get to it like at an hour 15 when there's still a lot of movie left. He starts rigging that place up. So they really went down that path. Yeah, they really kind of exploded the traps and everything is so over the top and cartoony in that moment. Yep. Yep. We talked a little bit about how we liked in the first one that they walk a pretty good line where it doesn't get into slapsticky Looney Tunes territory, but it also isn't them on the ground screaming, my fucking arm, oh my God. (laughs) This one, the traps are more intense. So I think as a result, they need to make it more cartoony. This one more than the first is a sequence of dead, dead, dead. Yeah. Right from moment one. And I guess we should get to the traps a little bit later. Yeah. Um, Again, do we really need to set up the plot? He gets lost in New York. The family family fucks up. um, Largely due to a very similar sequence of events. Yes. The alarm. This time it's more human error. He unplugs it to plug in his camera, I think. Yeah, he wants to charge the battery or he, he's doing something. So he unplugs the alarm clock and then it resets and it just flashes like midnight. Here's here's a question for you, Kim. Mm-hmm. How the fuck you not notice that? In the first movie, it made sense. They were asleep and the power went out. In this one, it's a giant squirrel. Squirrel got really close to my window. It's a literal giant flashing red 12 Next to their bed, they didn't notice it when they went to bed. My, During the night when they were trying to sleep. This is the thing that, so we were talking about her in the first one. There's so many, like there's these little nuggets and hints everywhere to justify why what's going on is, is going on. Because easily you could say this is illogical and doesn't make sense. So he unplugs one alarm clock in a house that is like the equivalent of five houses. And you're trying to convince me that nobody got up on time. (laughs) I didn't, honestly, I didn't even think of that. And you're exactly right. There are 15 to 20 people sleeping in every room of that fucking mansion. And they all have 90s. And they all slept in. (laughs) Yeah. And that also leads to maybe my least favorite part of the entire movie when they wake up and yell, we did it again. And then like do this comedic noise to the camera where they just go like, it's like, Oh, that no, I don't know why it bugged me so much, but it really bugged me. It's funny. Cause in the first one, it's Kevin who does it right. Like he runs up the stairs and he's waving his arms and he screams in the camera and people are like adorable. And then in this one, they kept the same tactic, but gave it to the parents and it just does not work in the same way. No. So most of it happens at the airport uh, and I'm going through it because I'm going to tend to take the same questions I asked for the first movie and bring them through all of the movies so that we can have similar discussions. And one of the questions was, do you feel like they handled the lead up to him being alone? Well, and we both said, yes, here it feels like they were in a bit more, I don't want to say in a rush, I don't know. It's mostly just one thing that leads to it. He, his dad runs ahead of him in the airport because he's busy switching the batteries out of his talk boy, which mm-hmm. I have two of, by the way. I <gasps> they're right down there. <laughs> Damn it. I should have brought them up to display to, I guess, you. But I have two of them wow. still from my childhood. I don't know if they still work, but I had them. They were really fucking cool. They did one and then they re-released one that had like the slow motion thing that he uses in the movie to make your voice sound like, hello. 
I see. So yeah. I had both. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he falls behind switching out the batteries. And then when he runs to catch up, he goes to the wrong uh, plane. He sees someone wearing his dad's coat. He's like, that's my dad. And they let him on the, on the plane. He gets on, recognizes nobody, but just goes hmm, mm-hmm. and ends up in New York. That's that. I think there were, there were more like, it's more believable in the first one when like the whole buildup and why it gets lost in this one, they do like some nice touches. Like they all get in the, the van going to the airport and they're trying to do the head count. And you think, Oh my God, Kevin's not there, but he's sitting in the front seat. Yeah. I liked that moment too. That moment was good. I think like when they get to the airport, Kevin is this annoying kid. He wants batteries. He can only think about getting batteries. So that makes sense while he, while he's falling behind, he follows the random guy with the dad's similar coat into the plane. But the whole, like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't believe that whole exchange between him and the flight attendant and the pilot where it's just like, my family's on this plane. Okay. Make sure he can locate his dad or his family and then let him sit on the plane. It's yeah. like, no, that can't Board him, But make sure he locates <laughs> his dad before you leave him. Yeah. I feel like. But he didn't air- locate the dad. He just said, no. yeah, there he, there he is. <laughs> yeah. I feel any flight attendant. I, and again, the plane was leaving. So they were very much like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Uh, yeah. I feel like, yes, any flight attendant worth their salt would make sure to go up to that person and go, is this like, hey, yeah, your son got lost. Like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That airport is probably going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then so then they try to recover it because the plane obviously makes the announcement. This is a direct flight to New York, but he has his headphones on yep. and he tries talking to somebody next to him to be like, hey, have you ever been to Florida? But the guy speaks French. So they don't understand each other. And then he gives a look straight to camera when the guy's speaking <laughs> French because he knows we're watching. I know. So I um, there were some good moments, but for the most part, it was hard to really buy this one. Why he yeah. was not with his family. Which makes probably more sense because this movie is much more of a live action cartoon than the first. So. Yeah. And also I think they have to do less work to justify because we're all watching this movie to see Kevin be home alone. So we've already yeah. kind of agreed to this plot. So that's, they don't really have to try and justify it. <laughs> that's also very true because no matter what way you go with it, it's like you can't go too far with it because you can go down a very dark path of, this family forgot him a second time for the second year in a row. <laughs> There's a drama to be made about that. But well, they, I mean, they bring that up uh, when Catherine O'Hara, when the parents go to the cops and they're like, we, our son is not with us. Um, and they start telling the cop, like, this has happened before just last year. And I think that whole like acting bit, just um, Catherine O'Hara does such a good job at like, laughing at the jokes like oh my god yes we we forgot our son haha isn't that funny because the dad is like funny funnily enough we never lose our luggage just our kid and then Catherine O'Hara laughs and it turns into like this cry I think that is just so beautiful like it's so ludicrous but it's also like of course this is happening again like I need to feel sad in this moment like the I think the acting was quite good in this in this one yeah the dad's always a little too chill I think like now that you mentioned that scene. Yeah. <laughs> or is he using humor to repress his emotions? I guess that's probably more <laughs> what it is. But And again, you can't have a delightful family comedy where the parents are just having a nonstop anxiety attack. That's true, so yeah. I, I, I get it. But yeah, the dad's usually a little more like, yeah, all right. 
you know what? It'll probably be fine. I don't know. Yeah. Let's go to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to look back at my list of questions to try and keep things at least a little bit structured. Um, well, I mean, in the first one I asked, do you feel this movie captures the essence of the situation, which in the first one was him being home alone. And now it's, you know, you put a kid in the big city. Yeah. What's he going to do? I think, yes. I mean, the first thing he wants to do is get like his own pizza, go to a toy store. Uh, I don't understand how he left the airport. Like I remember being in New York and flying to New York and having the most difficult time just figuring out how to get to the city from the airport. Well, he takes a, <laughs> he takes a cab and it kind of hints that he probably tells the cab to go to the Plaza Hotel because but have you he knows ever the Plaza tried Hotel existed. Getting on a cab from, I, I don't know what airport he's at, but I remember trying to hail a cab and it was pure nonsense of people shoving you and pushing you. Not enough cabs for all the people who need a ride to the city. Like it was intense. So my, what my <laughs> note at that moment was how the hell <laughs> did he make it to the Plaza Hotel? <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. I <laughs> I have been in New, I've been to New York, but we never had to take a cab anywhere. Our hotel was literally around the corner from Times Square. Oh, okay. Like we, we were a 30 second walk from like the Ed Sullivan theater where they did David Letterman. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. My angriest moment ever is when we got there, everyone was charging off the bus to try and get Letterman tickets. Oh. And I was at the back of the bus. Oh. People at the front <laughs> were able to get tickets. And I was a little too late because I was sitting at the back of the bus and it was like, I got to go get Letterman tickets. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I do not have an answer for that. One thing we should, I guess, point out is the reason he can pay for anything is because he has his dad's bag still. When the dad said there's batteries in here, he still has that bag. So he has like a credit card and he has and some cash. Money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know, like him booking into the hotel. I didn't fully believe that. Like, and I don't think the writers did as well. And that's why you have the scene at the end of Catherine O'Hara yelling at them, just being like, why the hell did you let a child check in alone? And it's just like a, a clownish moment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some of I, the one touch that I do like because it's very childlike is when he uses the talk boy to perfectly predict how the conversation's going to go and record <laughs> his parts is he introduces himself as I'm Mr. McAllister, the father. Yeah. Which definitely seems like something a kid would do to have to work in that detail of like, I'm the dad. <laughs> yeah. So most of the movie, not most, but a significant portion takes place in the Plaza hotel mm-hmm. and is focused on like his ruse as to how he can stay there, why his dad's never around. That's why we get the repeat of the, I'm marionetting a thing to make it look like there's an adult in here, which they're still suspicious of him after. I don't know. I feel like that should have solidified his situation, but. I don't think they're suspicious. I think because it's Tim Curry. Tim Curry is just uh, un- like embarrassed that he was caught snooping through the room. But right after that happens, he starts to like look into him and finds out that the credit card's been stolen. I think because he's he he's being blackmailed by Kevin in some way. Like Kevin is is saying like my dad's really pissed. He's going to be angry with you. And this guy is trying to save his job, so he's trying to find anything mm. about Kevin to to hold it against him to save his career. I guess. Um, but yeah, he's so happy when he when he finds out the card's stolen. Like. Oh, I love Tim Curry in this movie. <laughs> yeah, kind of leading into the who are your, who's your favorite and least favorite character conversation, or like the question from before. 
mine might be Tim Curry slash just the hotel staff. Like I'm not yeah. a Rob Schneider guy by any means, but I think even Rob Schneider is pretty funny in this movie. Yeah. Tim Curry is, um, we, I don't think I fully appreciated that Tim Curry has given us two wonderful holiday themed movies, not just Christmas, but Halloween and Christmas. And I've never considered that before. <laughs> Wait, is the Halloween one Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah. Want to hear something funny? It wasn't made for Halloween. No, I've never seen it. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did you just that, hit me with that truth? That's one of, that's one of my huge gaps. I've never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. I, own it. I know most of the music. Oh. Um, I've never sat and watched it in its entirety. The closest I ever came, and here's a quick little side story. In high school for the yearbook, uh, we were trying to raise money. And I said, hey, what if we work with the theater to put on a Halloween night showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? And they gave me the go ahead and they're like, yeah, we'll advertise it around the school and we'll advertise it here. And like, we'll make it a big thing. So I went to the theater. I was like, we want to do this. He's like, okay, well, it'll cost me this. And we figured out like a percentage that we would get because he had to, you know, rent the movie and all this. Mm-hmm. And then after it was all secured, the head of the yearbook, the, the teacher said, we can't actually promote this. <gasps> She's like, I, and I was like, you said we could. She's like, no, I'm sorry. We can't like this can't be an associated with the school. I forget if it was like, it can't be associated with the school or whatever. I was like, he already fucking ordered the movie. Like what the hell am I supposed to do? He's expecting, like I told him that we were going to push this. Mm-hmm. So I like called local radio station was like, you please say this is the thing that's going to happen. Like nobody came. We made 20 bucks off of it. He was very, <gasps> he made a big show of handing me the $20. Like, here's your cut. It's like, Thanks. Um, Anyway, yeah, I was in such a bad mood that I didn't stay to watch the movie. I went and got drunk. I was 19. Okay. I know I said I was in high school. I was 19. (laughs) If you're not listening in Canada, we can do that here. So, uh, yeah, and then I came back to the movie pissed drunk. Because I was just so angry. I was like, I can't fucking sit and watch this empty theater screening of this fucking movie. So, from 19 to however old you are now. Still mad. You've never <laughs> gotten still, over this. Still too angry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Well, maybe for next Halloween, we'll do an episode on it. But. You're going to have to. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, but yeah. For I now, would... <laughs> though, Tim Curry and Home Alone 2. I'll take it. He is my favorite just because he's so. He's so innocent. Like there's a moment where, and if you ever worked retail or any sort of customer service job, there's a moment where he's getting yelled at by Catherine O'Hara and he's trying to just tell her, I've done, I did my job. I was doing my job. And then he gets slapped in the face, I think by Catherine O'Hara. And you see his lip quiver because he's trying (laughs) to hold it together but he's clearly like he's going to go home and cry because this was such a bad day for him. And I think this movie raises a really important issue during the holidays. Be kind yes. to the people behind the desk. <laughs> yes. God, please. <laughs> it's not their fault that they don't have a PS5. It's your fault that you're looking for one. <laughs> yes, completely agree. And yeah, it's interesting to come at the this movie now as an adult because as a kid, Obviously, you look at Tim Curry and you go, boo, leave Kevin alone. Yeah. But as an adult, you go, he's doing the right thing. He can Honestly, get in a lot of trouble. 
He, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the like he's uh, the, not over. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. The names that they're listing of the guests, the celebrities who stay at this hotel, like he is probably stressed out the whole time he's working. Oh, this is a nightmare job, <laughs> an yeah. absolute nightmare job. He's doing you have to the be best kind he can. to the richest people who have the most weirdest requests. Yeah. Yeah. Go Tim and, Curry. <laughs> and he doesn't really do anything overtly mean to Kevin. Mm-mm. He when he shows up, yeah, he's a little like, watch that kid, something weird's going on. Because that's what you do. That yeah. is your job. And th- that makes it even worse that he's getting yelled at for not stopping Kevin. And it's like he 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 knew enough to be suspicious. Yeah. But he couldn't act because he could get fired if he said yeah. the wrong thing to the wrong person. Like, what can he do? Like, to, to him, Kevin is saying, my dad's up there. You saw him. I mean, he doesn't know he actually saw an inflated clown dancing in the shower. Yeah. Well, I like how that's like a little hint at the beginning, because when they're packing to leave, Catherine O'Hara hands Kevin the inflatable clown thing to play in the pool in Florida. And then you're like, why are we being told this? And that's why. Because he yeah. brought it with him to the hotel. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Yeah, he chases him around the hotel when he reveals that the credit card's stolen. Catherine O'Hara has a fair point there that he, they probably should have just gotten the police involved. But or wait, is that her argument? It's that he was too. He was scary. too scared. Yeah, which I am not on the side of that. I'm sorry. Like that. That's not enough to judge. Your kid ran away again. This is the second time you're doing it, and if anything, you should be pointing that anger towards you yeah take a long hard look in the mirror <laughs> mrs McAllister. we need to Get start sh- like a, a committee to like save tim curry from this movie yeah <laughs> tim curry was the victim.com <laughs> which is even more so once you get into the later part of the movie and realize oh kevin's a straight up fucking sociopath or psychopath i don't know which one i want yeah he is like he's gonna grow up to be a killer that's for sure and Macaulay Culkin during his like not great phase actually did an internet short about that very thing that Kevin oh. grew up fucked up. <laughs> uh, Cause <laughs> well, okay. Again, I don't know if I want to get to the traps too, too early. Let me make sure there's nothing hugely important that I'm missing on my list of questions here. That Wait, who's me. your least favorite character? Oh God, that's right. We didn't cover it. Um, so I guess, yeah, we're both saying Tim Curry is our favorite. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I also really like his reaction to getting yelled at by the fake clown man in the shower. His like, <laughs> and his run and that whole bit where they do, he does trick him with the angels with filthy faces. I think that whole scene's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like he's, they're, they're really going for it. Tim Curry is not like a oh, family movie. I'm gonna, like, no, he's giving it his Tim Curryist. He's having fun. Performance. Yeah. He's having a good time. Rob Schneider is, you know, he's not, this is pre every character I play has a gimmick. Rob Schneider. He's just kind mm. of this like asshole bellhop who likes to show off how many tips he's getting. <laughs> it's an, you know. That's true. I, and that's Tim Curry. One of Tim Curry's best lines is don't count your tips in public. <laughs> Cedric, don't count your tips in public. And they keep tipping him with gum. There's a, I think the gum thing is pretty funny. The bit at the end where the brother just does it too. When he holds out his hand, it's like, Oh, right. Gum. Yeah. Uh, God, least favorite character. Mano, do you have one? I think it would just come down to Buzz. I don't like him. Yeah, here's <laughs> another. Here's actually what we need to address. So Kevin is again punished at the start of the movie. It doesn't factor into the plot as much because he is still there in the morning. Um, 
but it's, you know, to set up that he's pissed at his family again. It's like, motherfucker, do you not remember what happened last year? And his mom even says, well, you got your wish last year. Maybe you'll get it again. And then he does. So at a certain point, they might be like, this kid's fucking a voodoo witch. <laughs> yeah, the punishment. I have two kids. We'll have to see what happens when they grow old if I start to unknowingly play favorites. But what happens is they do, they're at a, like a Christmas recital. And during Kevin's solo, Buzz holds two candles behind his ears to make it look like his ears are glowing. And the audience laughs and Kevin's humiliated. And when he turns around and realizes what's happening, he shoves Buzz, which ends up like toppling everybody. And they get home and Buzz gives his bullshit speech about how sorry he is, which is so obviously bullshit. I mean, come oh, on, he's parents. meant to he's like mimicking being a lawyer in a court of law. He even yeah. says, like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I mean, yeah, family. He, he's not he's not taking this seriously. Yeah. And so when Kevin says, I don't I don't see why I should apologize. Buzz was being a jerk. I'm like, he's kind of right. Like he didn't mean for that to happen. But Buzz was being a fucking prick. Yeah. If any. Yeah. The punishment doesn't make sense because then um, it's Kevin's turn to apologize after Buzz. And then Buzz whispers something like try doing better yeah, than top that. that puke breath or something like that. Yeah. Calls him a name. And then Kevin calls him out. It was like, he didn't even mean his apology. So I'm not apologizing. And you know, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and the uncle's being a prick. I don't even think we talked about how in the first movie after Kevin causes the destruction in the kitchen, which maybe we didn't even address at all, but that is a thing that happens. And the yeah. uncle says, look what you did. You little jerk. It's like, we don't talk nearly enough about how if the, like your brother said that to your child, <laughs> that yeah. would be a problem. Yeah. But also in that scene, what I liked is that Fuller's drinking a Pepsi, I think. And then in this new one, he's drinking a Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if Pepsi didn't come through with them home alone bucks, but <laughs> loyalties have changed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can give least favorite to Buzz though, because he has one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is at the end when uh, he gives the speech to Kevin to say, you know, this is all pretty cool, well done. Uh, then he's like, okay, enough of this gooey show of emotion. Mm. I've always liked that line, so I don't know if I can give it to Buzz. That's enough to salvage him. Oh my god, well, he kind of gets <laughs> redeemed at the end, and he's barely in the middle chunk of the movie. Like he he's such a redeemed at all. He's, he's such a he non- dives into the presence first after saying, like, he's trying to be all gushy and whatnot. And he's like, I'll let Kevin open the first gift, and then me, and then everybody else. Like he's still this selfish little twat. And then he doesn't actually <laughs> let Kevin open the first gift. He then gives that speech and just says, all yeah. right, everyone fucking dig everybody in. So, in. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Maybe it is buzz. I don't know. He's going to, I've, I've having watched the third one. He's going to come into play with my thoughts on the third one too. Oddly enough. Ooh. I think maybe it is because of just that opening scene and how that pissed me off and the, how there's not really anyone in the middle stretch like i can't be mad at pigeon lady i like everyone who works at the hotel oh i know donald fucking trump oh. <laughs> my least favorite character in the movie is donald trump oh i want to take back my answer now me too <laughs> there you go i just yeah. he showed up i did i just did like a really big eye roll and was like oh i forgot that you were in this i thought we cut you out at that's the time, only for it television was, which i remember that was such a big thing that they cut trump and then they had to actually make a statement to say this is the tv edit 
It has existed in this form <gasps> oh. for years and years. I didn't he know is, that. Go back and watch this before he was president. He ain't there then either. Like mm-hmm. they actually had to come out and address the controversy. Well, it's that, such that Trump a had been short little bit. Like, and it gives nothing to the plot whatsoever, except you know that there are celebrities at the plaza. Yeah. Well, apparently people got really excited too, because this was 1992 and we didn't know any better. So when people saw Donald Trump, they'd be like, yay, the test audience would get all happy. But also, according to the director, Donald Trump basically like bullied his way into the movie. Like, if you're going to shoot in this hotel, I'm going to be in your movie because, you know, it's no. a hotel. <laughs> so that was his thing. Like, yeah, you can shoot in my hotel, but I'm going to be in the movie. And they went, fine. Okay. That may, yeah. Least favorite character in this movie, Donald there you go. Trump. Yes. Favorite. <laughs> so we both agree. Favorite, Tim Curry, least favorite, <laughs> Donald Trump. And I, I, would, bought- I would have Tim Curry be president. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and runner up, still the guy from the fake Angels with Filthier Faces movie. <laughs> I still adore, adore oh. that guy and everything he stands for. Uh, the woman he was that he's talking with my to. brother. Yeah, the lines are so good. The woman he's talking to she has one of my favorite lines, and she's trying to make a case that she only loves this guy. And she says, You're the only duck in my pond. <laughs> <laughs> you was here. And you was smooching with my brother. <laughs> Everything about that is so good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Back to my list of questions. Yes. Uh, we did favorite and least favorite character. We did if the, oh, does anything date the movie? Well, mm. Donald Trump, I guess. Just Everything dates the movie. The technology, the, when you get to the hotel, nothing is like electronic. It's all paper. Like yeah. at the end when they hand him his bill, it's just like this faxed piece of paper. Or even when they take the credit card, they have one of those like, yeah. whatever you call those machines. Toy that was kind of existing. interesting for me because I, I've only seen that happen on a, a via rail train. So I thought that was their own thing. But I was like, oh, oh. this is just old technology. Yeah. Which I'm sure some places are still using. Maybe via rail is still using it. I haven't they been on a train in a long time. Card. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I would say toy stores existing. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure to our American uh, friends, we still have Toys R Us up here, which I know surprises some people. It's completely gone in America, but what? we hung on to it here. And having been in one just a week ago, they seem to be doing very well. It is Christmas, obviously, but they, mm-hmm. it seems like anytime we go there, they're doing okay. So mm-hmm. hopefully they hang on. So I guess toy stores existing. Uh, the representation of New York still has uh, the Twin Towers. Well, yeah, that's not the fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. um, but it's also like harking back to an older time of New York, like when he is lost at night and there's like suddenly prostitutes and a mean cab driver. You're like, is this the 90s or is this the 70s? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, yes, very much the <laughs> 90s betrayal of New York. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Like you said, you kind of covered it with technology. In terms of, like, I, I always kind of put that question in there in, in terms of, like, the subject matter or the, but not really. I don't think there's anything in there that, like, you know, oh, that's something you couldn't do these days. Except for maybe the level of violence in the back half. Again, we will yeah. see when we get to the Home Alone that was just released a couple weeks ago. I'm really curious what those traps look like 
Because in this one, let's get into the traps. We might as well. <laughs> Holy shit. So, okay. So the wet bandits have escaped from prison. The sticky bandits. Well, they're the sticky <laughs> bandits now because Marv wraps his hand in tape. Uh, and conveniently, oh shit, they're in New York too, which again, it's whatever. It's a, it's has to happen for this to be a movie. They have to end up in the same big city. They have to cross paths in this mm-hmm. giant city. That's fine. I'm not going to nitpick at that. <laughs> So Marv reveals to Kevin that they're going to rob Duncan's toy chest, which is the big toy store that he ends up at um, because toy stores have a lot of cash on Christmas Eve sound logic. But Kevin having been to that store knows that right after Mr. Duncan's going to take all that money and he's going to bring it right over to the children's hospital (laughs) doing the motions that he does. (laughs) so kevin knowing that he escapes from them after they reveal that they seemingly forget that he's a threat who knows that that's going to happen could go to the cops and just say i know that duncan's toy chest is good like please go over there at midnight to duncan's toy chest they're gonna rob it movie done Mm -hmm. but he decides no I, I have to I have to t- handle this myself. Well, they justify it, right? Because he's talking to the pigeon lady and he's saying that he's done horrible things that can't be redeemed. And then she says, it's Christmas Eve. If you do a good deed now, it's worth more. But isn't calling the cop a good <laughs> deed? I guess so, yeah. Like, I don't think she meant, like, why don't you go do more horrible things? I'm not going to even <laughs> attempt her accent. She's very Irish. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do the repeat of the first movie, the scene in the church. This time it's, wait, is it also in a church? It's like in a it's bell It's Carnegie tower. Hall, I think, at the very yeah. top. Because they're listening yes. to the orchestra below, I okay, think. Okay, yes. And yeah. it's the same basic thing. Like, he teaches her a lesson. And- <laughs> Except in this one, he outright says, you're dumb <laughs> for, for telling, like, Whatever her story is, like, I wasn't always homeless. I was married. I had a job. And then my heart was broken. And Kevin's response is, forgive me, but that's a dumb thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's, you know, he's got his wise beyond his years, you know. Oh, well, I feel, isn't it just like a waste to have a heart and not use it? I forget how he, he has a whole thing where he compares it to rollerblades that he never used. And he's like, what's the point of having something if you're not going to use it? And he's right. It just, this speech felt a little bit more constructed the one in the first one yeah the one in the first one was more like i think they captured the innocence and his age a bit better i would agree because in the fiction of this movie i guess he's nine Mm -hmm. so it is a bit much again if you want to break it down there's no way a nine-year-old like most nine-year-olds would just be fetal positioned under an airport bench for the entire movie and they wouldn't have ventured beyond that (laughs) that would be me whatever yeah that'd be me now if i got on the wrong flight (laughs) i would be puking my guts out that would be my initial reactions like oh my god my mom's not here and then immediately cry and then puke (laughs) yeah (laughs) credits Merry Christmas. There's a young girl lying in just her own vomit over by the arrivals. <laughs> Someone could please handle that. <laughs> Credits. So what he does in this one is, so they we find out that his, uh, his uncle Rob lives in New York. Hey, how come Uncle Rob doesn't get to go on the trip? Uncle Frank Paris? gets to go on the trip. Because it's, yeah, the, it's they're the... Taking uh, a, He's taking his own trip, but why isn't he getting in on the one with every other member of the family? 
I think he's just a distant relative. Like he's just like this, he's richer than the dad. Like I think in the first one, he's the reason why they're going on the trip because he has he's able to help them. And in this one, it's just the dad paying for everything. Mm. But I do like how they because also when I was watching this as a kid, I didn't realize what house he was in, but he's at his uncle's house. He's at his uncle's house, (laughs) which is being renovated. As a kid, I thought the house, maybe like you, I thought it had just like, it was an abandoned house. That's what I thought. (laughs) His uncle is sinking a lot of money into renovations and his house by the end of this movie is demolished completely. (laughs) And I assume Kevin's dad is on the hook for that. Well, maybe He would have to be. I don't know. I don't think they know what happened in the first movie. So presumably no one will ever find out what he was up to in the second. Yeah, I guess so. I don't think there's any moment where they reference that Kevin took on burglars the previous year. I don't think they would risk going on vacation if that, if they knew that had happened. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they ever mentioned that. Like that's the thing too. Like his house at the end of the first one is all messed up and nobody wanted to question any of that. Well, presumably he cleaned up the traps. We know that buzzes. He had no time. (laughs) Yeah, there was a little bit of time between the the robbers being arrested and the mom coming. So he could have tidied up. Buzz's room, we know, was still destroyed because that's the end of the movie. But he could have, like, picked up the, I don't know, he, like, painted tar on some of the stairs. How did he explain all that? He sawed things. or (laughs) Like, you can pick up the micro machines. You can pick up the paint cans. How in the hell did he explain some of that stuff? The, the, the walkway is still completely frozen. How does yeah. parents even get inside? <laughs> That's it. None of this makes sense. Shouldn't his the mom movie have doesn't work. on the front stoop? <laughs> oh my I guess God, could, could you imagine? Well, how That's did he the ending. That? Even if he salted, it wouldn't have been enough time. Maybe the, Maybe old the man shovel guy. Salted, yeah. <laughs> After he saved him, he's like, I'm going to go salt your walkway because that's. That's very dangerous. (laughs) So yeah, in this one, he sets up and he does it remarkably fast. Yeah. Because I think it insinuates he has an hour, maybe two before he has to go to the toy store and say, Hey, I'm here. Follow me back to this house. So he rigs up this entire house with way more traps than in the first movie and way more brutal traps than in the first movie. Mm-hmm. It all commences with the most low rent trap, which is I'm a whip bricks at their heads, <laughs> which dead immediately. Immediately. The guy gets like what? Four or five bricks. Three. I think he gets three bricks oh. <laughs> directly to the head. Yeah. And I remember as a kid watching this and being so grossed by the market leaves. And to this day, I'm still, it makes me nauseous to look at that. <laughs> I still don't think there's anything as bad as the the feet stuff in the first movie, but I guess that does lead to the question: What do you think is the most painful looking? I guess is it just brick to the yeah. head. No, like, what do you think is the was... most painful looking trap? I think for me, it's um, uh, not the paint cans because Marv and Harry know that the paint cans are coming, so they create a situation and the paint can swings down. But then they think it's over and he's out of paint cans and then they start walking up the stairs and Kevin shoves this metal post of some sort. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a big, I don't know, I actually know what it is, like a metal pillar or something. Yeah, and it 
it not only hits them in their teeth, like that was the thing that really got me in the teeth and the nose. And, but the force pushes them down a broken floor. So they're falling like through various heights and then he cuts it off the rope and it trickles down. And as they're lying on their backs, it falls on their pelvic area. That to me was a bit much. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a lot though they couldn't be able to walk out i mean presumably they're dead by this point because of everything oh, else yes marv is still lying outside after the brick thing so yeah and he also gets like the nails in his groin well i didn't like that part uh, the nails in his nose and his oh yeah area. and when Maybe he's pulling them pick. out but, but when he's pulling them out there's like the boyoing sound like the the over the top comedic part yeah, there, and like we said, there's a lot more of that, and it starts right away because he rigs a trap outside of the toy store after he breaks the window and sets off the alarm and makes them chase him, where he essentially puts like a barrel under a board to create a seesaw. Yeah, oh, and yeah. <laughs> Harry jumps out and lands on one side, and instead of moving, he looks back to Marv and is like, "Stop, stop, stop!" And Marv perfectly jumps on the other side and just launches him up into the air and onto a car. He, so he crushes that- a car. <laughs> He got like 20 feet in the air, so I'm not surprised, but that is the movie's, I think, statement that this is going to be a lot sillier. And then by the time Marv gets electrocuted and becomes a skeleton. Oh, my God. I forgot about that, too. We're in full on, well, Looney Tunes territory, because if you're going to up the violence of the traps, you have to balance it with a more cartoonish approach. Do you think they had to do that because the first film got so much criticism for the traps and like, especially the nail scene? I don't know. Do you think parents complained? (laughs) I don't think I'm maybe, but no, I think this one upped it because people love thinking, you know, when home alone did that, that was a new thing to do this like live action booby trap thing. Like by, even by this point, I think a few movies had ripped it off, but it was, I think they just had to look at that and go, well, that's what people you know, people seem to like that in the first movie. So we need bigger traps. We need more traps. Yeah. And as a kid, I fucking loved it. If you had asked me in 1992, I would have told you I liked this one more than the first one, I think. Because yeah. there's more traps and more slapstick and that kind of stuff. Whereas now as an adult, I appreciate the preceding. I think the hotel stuff was my favorite stuff. Same, On yeah. this watch. The traps were just... They didn't really do anything for me. Like by the 10, 15 minutes into it, it's like, I don't need to see them get hurt anymore. Like leave them alone. Well, there's also like, it ends with the exploding thing. Cause he puts like what lighter fluid in the toilet. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Pesci's head catches on fire. Just like the first one, I think. And then the taps aren't working. He goes to get water to put the fire out on his head. So he, sh- he and the water's, um, cut so he shoves his head into a bowl of lighter fluid and then it's just like a scene outside of the house and there's a huge explosion inside <laughs> yeah and then they, they have to do the looney tunes effect of i'm just covered in soot yeah like I, i'm fine and oh man i get i can't i've watched three and four i'm so excited to talk about them <laughs> four especially but in terms of brutal traps, wait until we talk about the third movie. The Holy third one has a smarter kid, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but in terms of the traps, I won't spoil it 
please stick with us for the hell of three episode. <laughs> there is one trap where I filmed the TV and got the clip of it and showed it to my wife and was just like, look at this. And she was watched this 15 second clip and went, Oh no, 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 that's too far. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what it's going to be. <laughs> You'll know. I'm sure of it. Apparently it was a trap that was supposed to be in this movie and then got cut. I don't know how it would have worked in this movie within the fiction of what they're doing, but hmm. uh, according to this, it's just a pipe. It's a big pipe. I don't know why we were oh. saying it's a metal <laughs> something. It's a pipe. I don't know why we didn't say that. It's a big pipe. <laughs> it is a very big pipe, but often pipes are big. They need to be able to transport Mario, so pipes need to be pretty big. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I've never renovated a house before. I don't know what types of pipes are in there. I have a what's the most painful trap, but I also have a what's your favorite and least favorite trap, which I feel like is... Mm. I mean, for I, I think I'm going with the staple gun for the one that I'm... Yeah, I'm like you. I don't... I don't know. That's no bueno. I like I I'm gonna stick with the pipe. The pipe went to me. It's the moment it falls on their pelvis. Like it's, mm, I could feel my hips breaking. Like just watching it. <laughs> my favorite might be the kerosene rope, just because of how casually they're like. Some of the smells weird. It's like yeah, it's the rope. It's soaked in kerosene. I think that whole exchange is pretty good. And Am I all- allowed to say the seeds? by the pigeon lady yeah i was about to say i was about to say that yeah that still counts um okay mark does the, a very similar scream to the spider scream <laughs> yes. which i liked yeah pigeon lady covers them in seeds how do they what oh they're covered in what are they covered in varnish they're covered something. in something that makes the seeds stick to them Paint? I'm, I'm concerned for the birds eating the seeds because now they're all going to die <laughs> Oh, yeah. I guess we don't see the part where all their bellies just start exploding. Maybe it's an after credit scene. The woman is just sitting in the park and she's (laughs) noticing her birds die. And she's like, I'm going to go back and get my job again. (laughs) Well, (laughs) just just surrounded by exploded bird carcasses and feathers and just, well, maybe they'll give me my job back at the Bed Bath & Beyond. God, I hope that exists somewhere. Oh my God. We forgot yeah, I about say, I would go. say the, the bird thing is my would be my favorite because it's the least violent. Yeah. Is it though? They're being <laughs> half to death and letting out the most terrifying screams. I mean, I think Marv is just afraid of animals. Like that's my way of reading. Maybe it. <laughs> it's the closest I think that movie comes to what we were saying, not showing them going, you know, screaming in agony. I think that's the closest the movie comes to portraying that. But yeah, yeah. There's the other one. I think it's right before he gets hit with the paint, where it really again shows the the movie's very cartoony, where he slips and then when he lands, his body just immediately goes on this trajectory where he starts sliding across the floor, which yeah. is not how physics works. works. Yeah. <laughs> like any aspect of it, but. Do you think they did, obviously Joe Pesci didn't, but do you think they did most of their stunts? Like when those birds are attacking them, do you think they, that's actually it is. that? <laughs> I can confirm a hundred percent. Wow. That, that, that is them. I think Daniel Stern revealed it. Wow. Um, the pigeon attack was, according to Joe Pesci, the crew covered him and Daniel Stern with real bird seed and about 300 pigeons. <gasps> so there you go. Mm. I mean, good for them. 
<laughs> apparently it was very cold while filming. Well, they were yeah. in the midst of a real blizzard and cameras were freezing and it all sounds terrible. And yes, the doctor has confirmed that the bricks, he would just be dead. We don't really need, <laughs> we don't really need medicine to confirm that. Like, obviously. But you have to give it to that actor. Like he, I think his reactions to getting hit by the bricks are, are quite good. Like, Oh yeah. They do. They do. Conti- like he, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern continue. Daniel Stern especially is really going for it in this movie. Like, oh yeah. The electricity scene is like, he makes it work. Yeah, they they are very good at finding that, like, this hurts, but we're not in pain balance. Yeah, oh yeah. That perhaps subsequent sequels aren't as good at, but we will get to that. Because, <laughs> like, their noses are broken at one point, and they have to, like, mm, crack them yeah, back they into actually place. Yeah, put the nose back. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. So, and in this one, too, the Joe Pesci has a gun with him, which I think in the first one they didn't have any sort nope. of violent weapon except a crowbar. No, he straight up holds the gun up to Kevin's face. He can't. He tries to shoot him or no, he tries to shoot the pigeon lady, but he can't because his hands are all slippery. And there's um, whatever is on them is on the gun. So he can't like, I don't know how yeah. guns work, but he can't click it to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> but like they, it is made pretty clear they are ready and like, as Willing. much as they are goofs, they are a legit threat. Like, yeah, they oh, aren't yeah. just, they aren't going to do something wacky to Kevin. Their plan at the end is to take him to the park and shoot him. Yeah. And they even, say, like, they're about to do it. And they even say, like, the only person you're going to talk to is the fishes. Like, it's, yeah. it's clear he, what's happening here. Yeah. And he even says, like, it is kind of maybe hinted they have killed the kids before because he's, like, bumping off a youngster isn't going to yeah. do anything like it. It's like, it's nothing to me or something like that. Yeah. So they are goofballs, but they, they are still at least played as a threat. Well, I think that's one of the reasons too, why the, like the traps are as severe as they are, because you can injure somebody as long as you prove that they are really and totally bad. So, you know, you could end up feeling bad for these guys, but by the time the movie is ending, you're like, oh no, these are child murderers. I'm happy oh, yeah. that what happened to them happened. <laughs> yes, they are bad people. Like, yes, mm-hmm. a lot of their antics are played for laughs, at least Daniel Stern's, but yeah, they are bad dudes. Like, they're stealing from kids on Christmas. Fuck these yeah. guys. Not just any kids. Kids in a hospital. Sick kids. So they, <laughs> you know what? They deserve staples to the face and pipes to the teeth. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> the pipe. <laughs> I don't really have anything else, but I do have a game because that's what we do here. (laughs) I don't necessarily know. I had a goal with this and I've more or less accomplished it, but I can't say for sure if there is actual data behind what I'm about to do. I was trying to find because he goes to a toy store and it was the 90s. They made the talk boy no toy. I wanted to find what were the best selling toys of the 90s. Instead, I found numerous, these were the most popular toys in the 90s lists. And I cross-referenced enough to see these things seem to repeat. And I've kind of compiled a list. Wow. (laughs) Of 10 of the most popular toys in the 90s. Your goal is to to name them? No, that would be insane. (laughs) But you do have to guess five of them. And you have 10 guesses to do it. 
Oh my God. Oh my this God. One is, this, one, <laughs> this one isn't a score based one. You won the okay. first game. This is just a winner. But this is a pass or fail. I'm going to say moon boots. I that's not here, and I don't know what that is. This <laughs> is okay. <laughs> so what is a guess, moon boot? Guess number one. <laughs> what is a moon boot? It's like a slinky that you put on your foot and then you jump. Like spring shoes? Yeah. Did you? And then Arthur up? did like a whole thing with it. No, these were like everybody wanted this. <laughs> I can't picture that at all. I don't right, know well, names no. of toys. Can I just explain? Okay. Um, <laughs> if you explain it and I understand what you mean, that will count. Okay. I'm sure there's some sort of version of a Nerf gun. No. <gasps> is this the 2000s? Is that when they came out? No, this is, I, I mean, Nerf guns kind of always existed, but I don't think they've ever been a hot ticket item. Oh, I remember think, YTV having like, this is a new Nerf gun and it shoots think this of, far. Think about things in the 90s that, you, they just they weren't in stock. They were impossible to find. I don't know because I wasn't requesting these things at Christmas time. <laughs> but you must have heard about them. Okay, you know what? No, I we had give... we had the CBC. That's all we watched. <laughs> or you're TVR. At two, you're at two guesses and you ain't got none so far. No. Can I? I only get five guesses, or no? You I have ten. To name ge- five. You get ten <laughs> guesses, but you have to get five of them. And I, uh, we, will, we will stop when I guess it gets statistically impossible. It's gonna be after my next one. Oh my god! Because my next one, I'm going to say a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, I will give you a hint. Wait, battleship. What... <laughs> I'm not gonna count that one because you're just spouting nonsense. I really wanted that, and it was hard for my parents to get. <laughs> a very popular kids character and he's red and he had a very specific thing you were supposed to do to this toy to like get him to do his thing this was like the biggest toy ever i think it was like 96 or 97 i don't know any red it was a very famous red puppet character red puppet yes can i have the name of the show (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a hint. The name of the show, it's all famous, like, puppet characters mingling with humans. Nope. It's still on the air. And the theme song is about finding out how to get there. Sesame Street. Ah, it's Elmo. (laughs) Now, what famous toy involved him? Tickle me, Elmo. Yay, we're going to count it. That's one. (laughs) On guess four, you got one. Tickle me, Elmo. Oh, wow. Can I get um, a few more guesses? Yeah, sure. But I might not spell it out as much as I did for that one. Um, one is the current Happy Meal toy at McDonald's. I don't know if that helps. They're still around. Um, it's Batman. like a, it's a series of little animals and stuff, but they're named after like what's inside them. That's how this is tough. Or like how they're made. They were like a huge, huge thing. They might still be. There's some rare ones. There's so many of them. But there's like these little collectible animals. I don't know what that is, but it's making me think of something in the 90s that was popular at school called the nano thingy. Oh, you might be onto something. Like the little virtual animals, you mean? Yeah, and you had to make it. Does that count? That counts. Tamagotchis. <laughs> is that what it's called? Oh, okay. That's what I have written, but that's essentially, yeah, like a nano pet. It's the same yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. And you had to you, so you, you actually had to keep it alive, but I would always kill it. Yep, yeah, mine too. Fuck them. 
<laughs> I don't have time. I don't have time for this. Like I'm busy. So that's like what, six guesses now? I got four You're at five guesses and you've gotten two. So it still (laughs) stands to reason you can pull this off. Um, Mm. You haven't gotten the one I was hinting about with like the whole, whole bunch of these little, they're like stuffed animals, but they're stuffed with a particular item, which is also where they get their name. Beanie bag. Beanie babies. That's close enough. (laughs) Boom. Six guesses. So you only need to get two more of these. Um, let's see. Oh man, okay. I'm trying to think like the 90s toys. One of them, I mean, this one might be too obvious. Um, one of them is a video game console. Mm-hmm. That's a, I, 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 I'll stop there. I think uh, you, you know it, you might have one. I know you obviously know what it is. Is that see, now I'm confused because I don't know when these ones came out. That's why I think I need to stop there. I mean, a lot of them came out in the 90s, but I think this one is the one, I and maybe it's just me, I know firsthand how hard it was to find because my parents miraculously were able to get me one. Mm. But I know it was difficult. Was it a PlayStation? It was not. Mm. So I'm going to X you there. <laughs> um, it had a number in the name of it. I was going to say, is it N64? Yeah, that was my, it was between those two things. I didn't know which one would have come out. <laughs> How many were you at now? One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight guesses. And you've and gotten I- four. <laughs> Where? So, you, so we're going right With up your to the help, end. this would not be happening otherwise. Yeah, but I mean, it's not, otherwise it's just you saying things and me going, no, no, no. Let's give you a fighting chance. Um, <laughs> one is a toy that gave you specific instructions about what to do to it. And it got kind of faster and faster. Oh, the as bop, you had, it. bop the it. Turn it, bop it. Yep. Something. All right. <laughs> so it's right, bop it, twist it, turn it, pull it. Yeah. No. Yeah, bop, bop it was fucking awesome. Um, I hated that game. It made me really stressed really, out. Really? <laughs> I liked bop it. I was quite good at bop it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's what? Nine guesses. So you only need to get one more. Um, I'm going to go with, there's a few on here that I feel I could get you to with some hints, but there's another one. And I think they do still exist or they brought them back, but it's not quite the same fervor, but it was like a little creature. Pokemon. With, mm, I'm not going to count that. Let me finish the hint. <laughs> you like a physical creature that you bought. I never had one, so I don't know what you did with it, but they were kind of like famous for their eyes and like, Oh just... yeah. I know what these are, but I don't know what they're called. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'll give you two hints for two items. Okay. There's that one. And there's another one. That's basically what if a kid wanted to make food? Oh, I had this and then I got food poisoning from it. So I'm going to oh. stop there. If you get this, you win. <laughs> if you don't, you lose. Oh, what was that called? And maybe I'll make some sort of prize. If you win more no, Home Alone don't. games than you lose. <laughs> no, it's going to be a t- added up by the end. If you have won more Home Alone themed games than you lose, there's some sort of prize. What was it called? So reminder, your two hints. What if a child wanted to cook? Yeah. And tiny, weird, made up creature. I got the kitchen one once. It was an actual gift given to me. And I don't know what it was if called. If you still have it in your house, feel free to go try. I don't. <laughs> um, 
I can't think of it because I have the name of that room in the museum stuck in my head. And I, I think I need to set a timer <laughs> here or else we'll be here all day. Oh, no. So I'm going to count to 10. Okay. In my head. I'm going to hold up my fingers <laughs> so that I don't interrupt your thinking. So here we go. Yeah. It's five. Self-baked kitchen module. <laughs> no. So you do not win the whole an easy bake oven. <laughs> Fucking easy bake oven. Okay, again, I got food poisoning from this. I'm not remembering its name. You think that would make you remember it more because you'd know to avoid it. No, I was just avoiding it and all of it, including it's like, God damn it, easy bake oven. Yeah. The other ones, uh how is Furby, that allowed? Oh, the fucking fur. Oh my Furby god. Furby was the one that was the tiny creature. Um, also on my list, something called a doodle bear. I had no idea what that is, but I saw it listed that in more than sounds one. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So I didn't Is it like an etch a sketch? Etch a sketch is on this list, oh, but, but come on. <laughs> doodle bear is not <laughs> something I remember, but enough people listed it that I went with it. Uh Polly Pocket. I was going to say Polly Pocket. That was going to be one. You should have just let me guess. Look at all these answers coming out now. (laughs) Uh, And that's it. Those are the ones that you didn't get. So Mm. I'm afraid I have to put an X next to our Home Alone 2 game. Womp womp. But that's fine. There's still four more movies. So as long as you can win even, I guess, four games is the goal to get a passing grade. Technically, three three out of six is like a pass, but that's not. In in Ontario. Yeah, that's not a win. You need to win four. I see. To get this, I think. We'll see. We're making this up as we go. But that's the game. Wow. That gave me a headache thinking (laughs) about that. (laughs) We have to end with our ranking, which right now remains easy, I think, unless Mm -hmm. you really want to argue about it. I think it's just one, then two. Yeah, I was like, while watching number two, I was like, you know, I think this might win. I think this might be number one for me. And then the end happened with all the gags. And I was like, no, this this ruined the movie. But I liked the nostalgia of New York. I liked everything they were giving you. It was great. But number one takes the cake. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. I really like everything leading up to the traps. But now, Mm -hmm. you know, as someone in their 30s, an undisclosed number in their 30s, the traps just aren't just whatever. And there's just too many of them because yeah. like 40 minutes of the movie is devoted to the traps. And it's honestly like watching saw for me. Like, it's just, it's so painful. I, yeah. I feel the pain. I can't, mm, I don't want to, yep. I don't want to look had at a, that. I've had enough of those experiences to know what it's like <laughs> to break your nose or mm. get hit in the head or yeah, no yeah. good. <laughs> so there you go. I think Home Alone 3 is where things are going to start to get really interesting. Uh, are we allowed to like anticipate how we're going to make these? No, no. I feel it like <laughs> if we were ever going to have a full knockout fight, it's going to be over Home Alone 3. Well, I just want to say that that is the one I remember the most because I was the most madly in love with it. So I'm wondering if that will change. <laughs> it just might having rewatched it. Less, well, not rewatched it. Watched it for the first time just a few days ago. So, uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about that one. I have a lot to say about four. I'm, I'm excited up, for four. I'm queuing up five tonight. So <laughs> I think I'm going to uh, do three tonight. Shit's about to go off. So, everybody, <laughs> thank you for listening. And episode three will exist. So, you know what? We don't even really need to sign off. Let's pretend that this is one continuous thing. So, just go. It's like Netflix. Are you still yep. listening? 
Just go yeah. to episode three right now. Go. <laughs>